In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents Donald Trump was a, a stain on our country. I'm someone's daughter, too. That's what I'm doing. Oh, help me, God. Congratulations, Mr. President. The Betches Sup Podcast. Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Brian Russell Smith. I'm Sammy Sage. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast, where C SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Today, we're going to talk about some nationwide readjustment pains as some states and cities near full reopenings, while others clock new variants. Plus, trends suggesting we won't reach herd immunity. And then we'll discuss a massive step in the battle for trans rights taking place in Idaho today. You guys, I have to tell you that I've been watching this vocal coach on TikTok. (laughs) Oh, can you send me that? (laughs) I will. It's been very helpful. I'm trying to keep my voice in my mouth and breathe. So if I sound crazy... That's why. Interesting. How do you keep your voice in your mouth? I don't know. Because I, I just notice when I listen, my throat is like very, my voice is all in my throat. You have to do a lot of like vocal exercises. Like all before this, I was like, ma, 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 ma. But I'm starting to feel feel this daily podcast in my throat. So if I sound mm. a little extra today, well, you that's sound what. lovely. But thank you. I thank feel you. like my voice is not in my, I feel like my voice is out. You of do my the throat. most podcasts out of all of us, I think. You must. I do a lot of fucking podcasts. I bet your vocal cords yeah. are like Adele's. Yeah. Honestly, like, I feel like um, I should stop inhaling cannabis and that might help the whole thing. So, so. just switch to edibles. Yeah. But I actually prefer not that as fun. voice. Yeah, it's not as fun. <laughs> yeah, it's not as fun. In order to do the podcast, you have to have a vice. What right, I do is right. I will do the I will like usually I usually shower before I podcast because cool. I oh, feel like that warms smart. me up and yeah. I and I will uh, maybe I'll sing a little tune in the shower to like yeah. get started. What I find what I, <laughs> I find like to shower daily. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what I find for before um, the morning announcements is that if I don't talk for like a few hours, like if I don't vocalize something for like a few hours before I record that. My voice is like very stilted and doesn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. But oh, if I'm weird. talking like right before it, I'm like warmed up. But the thing is, because I I recorded at like six thirty or seven, I probably haven't talked to many people right. like before that. So definitely, I don't talk to yeah. anybody before this podcast. I make a point of it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into the news for today. As we've discussed, the CDC last week changed its guidance to say the vaccinated people are safe to be outdoors without masks as long as they're not in a crowd. This comes amid long-term consistent evidence that very few COVID infections happen outside, about 10%. And those are typically among people who were interacting pretty close for a longer period of time. Hmm. We've joked about figures on the right sort of jumping on an opportunity to criticize Joe Biden for, quote, defying CDC guidance. And last year, that's that last week, rather, that seems like sort of a joke. But I've seen a little bit more online in recent days among people of all persuasions and people who have been really responsible about the pandemic and want to be responsive about the pandemic in a bit of and who are not doctors I'll also note in a bit of a dialogue about 
is it should we now be shaming people for not wearing masks? Are people being overly cautious? Are those people setting a bad example? And it just seems like a lot of unnecessary um, acrimony. But have you guys seen any of this? And what's been your response to it? Let people do whatever they want. Yeah. Like, if you want to wear a mask outside, wear a gosh darn mask outside. Like, who gives an F? I really don't care. You also don't know <laughs> if the person who's wearing the mask outside can't get vaccinated or mm-hmm. like maybe yeah. they're sick and they want to keep you safe. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, this has obviously been sort of like the social element of the pandemic, like the critiques of people for wearing yeah. them, not wearing them, what their behavior is. And I finally feel like now that most many people who if you if you want to get vaccinated, you could have been vaccinated or you could be getting vaccinated. So at this point, I'm like, okay, this conversation just needs to end. Like mm-hmm. once people are safe and those who are willing to get the vaccine are able to get it. And I feel like at this point, like let yeah. people make their own choices. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it would, it would be like criticizing someone for wearing a baseball cap. It's like, wow, wow, the sun is actually good for you. You should let it hit your face. It's like, you don't, you, why are you protecting your face from the sun? You're setting it's a bad like, example. You're setting a bad example. And like, that's like the other thing is like, I put a mask on the outside the other day because I was scared my nose was getting sunburned. I was like, this is perfect. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> there like, are lots of reasons. It's like, why wouldn't you, why, who cares what everyone else is doing at this point? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Who gives a shit? Just especially do your because, yeah. And shut up. <laughs> especially mm-hmm. because we're at a time where I think that there could be something of a case to be made against excessive endorsements of of being overly cautious. If we were in a place where we didn't know when schools were going to open, we didn't know when the economy was going to reopen. And if this, if you want to call it irrational or just, I'm just calling it cautious. I don't think I, I saw a New York Times headline this morning that was calling it irrational, but. Everybody can make their own. I mean, some people are irrational, but I don't know. I think that's a rude way to frame it. It's not everybody's being irrational, but we're, I think we're at the point where a lot of states are on really, real exciting timelines for when they're yeah. going to reopen. All of New York's going to open July 1st. There is only a couple. I can't believe these poor parents. It's like we're finally there and there's only a couple months of school left, but it's looking like fall is going to be pretty positive for school. So it's not like by wearing a mask, like somebody like Joe Biden is, is signaling that like on Fox news last week, they're like, they're making it look like the U S is in a more like vulnerable place. They're in the Capitol and they have to wear a mask. It's like, ma'am, I think we looked more vulnerable on January 6th in the Capitol when, when we let our own people attack us. So for that reason, it's like, there's, I see no negative to people being cautious. And I also think um, it's fine not to judge people if they feel comfortable not wearing masks. I mean, over the weekend, we live in a pretty populated city. And by Sunday, people were maskless <laughs> pretty much everywhere yeah. I saw. <laughs> yeah. But like I wear glasses and the only way they don't fog up is if I put my mask under them. So I'm not just going to be doing that all day. Every time I walk through a crowded sidewalk, I have to do that. So I just keep it on the whole time. And so the idea that anyone would be like, she's part of the problem is so crazy. <laughs> well, it's, you can't just tell by looking at someone if they're being, if they're ra- their mask wearing is irrational or not. Like you, that's not exactly. something that like you can really tell. So it's sort of like, just sh- who cares? Like, it's not like a few months ago where the judgment about, not wearing a mask came from like a place of caution and safety. Now it's just like, I see it kind of as just like, okay, it's a personal choice. Um, If you, yeah. It's not hurting anybody. I I almost wonder if it's like, are we not ready to get 
to let go of masks? Or are we not ready to let go of judging people and feeling superior the based latter. on our own? Like, you know, because we'll, none find of it something, is, we'll find something new. Don't worry. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Because like, it's not just about the masks. It's about readjustments in general. And us knowing that empirically, like, it really is okay to do a lot of activities we have not done, but it feels, it still fears, feels, causes some anxiety. And I found myself, it's tough because like lately I find myself sort of quoting statistics to myself that sort of <laughs> evoke like the statistics used to minimize potential dangers last year when like Trump when was you're like, going- when you're it's going on just a plane. The flu. Right, exactly. When yeah. Trump was like, you're much more likely to like die of a flu. And then that turned out to not be true. But like at this stage in COVID, like you are much like I saw a really good example for schools because obviously like now I feel kind of a little bit safer being like, I really think schools are safe to open. Like before I've tried to be everybody wants to be sensitive and obviously not put teachers in danger, but like it really looks safe. So I've seen a lot of um of allegory of metaphors like your a kid is more likely to get injured on their way to school now than like at school but i still kind of feel like i'm like gaslighting myself and it's like you're much more like a hundred americans are going to die in a car today but only one zero to one vaccinated person will die of covid today so it's kind of we're at this really strange juncture where it's like those of us who are waiting for zero risk are actually never going to get there no it's mm-hmm. not like it's not that that's life at this point like mm-hmm. once yeah we've just added another sort of risk like that that's the reality right is that this is another sort of risky thing we're going to encounter every day on tops of like dozens and dozens but the novelty of this one is is what makes us like more scared of it but i don't know people are in their trauma we're still so close yeah exactly it's still yes. so prevalent there i can totally understand why when we've just had we're approaching six hundred thousand deaths why it's like okay there's a minuscule chance that um a vaccination a vaccinated person can spread COVID outside like with the amount of death we'd have it's like why even face that risk at all and i understand that and i want to be more thoughtful also about like mask wearing in like communities where people are do not have because i think it's largely true like 90 percent true that most people who want it can get it but as we talked about I think this the same show Monday last week, the 8% of people that have not are, have not returned, some have not had the option. It's a small amount, but yeah, I think it depends like where you are. If you're in an area where you know there are vulnerable communities that haven't had as much access, of course, it would be more more considerate to wear a mask. But like, yeah, I can't, I do not understand this weird virtue signaling about not wearing a mask now. It's so weird. It's the whole everybody is obsessed with vir- virtue signaling. I think that is like the ultimate conclusion is that like they'll grab onto any mechanism, whether it's a mask, whether it's like, I don't know, cancel culture, like anyone yeah. will grab onto like the most obvious thing to sort of communicate like I am of this belief and my belief is correct. Yes, my belief is like the one most based in science right now, even though that has changed. So on the right. same note. More than half of U.S. adults have received at least one vaccine dose. But experts now believe that reaching herd immunity is unlikely in the U.S. So herd immunity means that enough of us are protected from the virus that it basically can no longer spread. Is that Does that sound like what it means that everyone's been hearing? I think it's also like, you know, what, the, the amount of people who, who've already contracted the... Right. So based but, on yeah. like protection, whether it's vaccination or antibodies. So you might remember at the beginning of the pandemic, we were hearing that about 60 to 70 percent of the population would have to have antibodies, whether through an infection or vaccination, for us to achieve herd immunity. That figure has gone up to about, I've seen 80 percent, um, I've seen 85 and I've seen 90 percent. Why does that just go up? 
the original calculations were based on the original form of the vaccine, like OG COVID. But as we know, since then, there have been variants. There have been lingering questions about how long vaccines will be effective, how long antibodies work in our bodies. And they're deciding these the people that come up with these estimates have determined that it will take an even larger part of the population being protected to ensure herd immunity. When you hear numbers like 80 percent, 85 percent, 90 percent, those are very, very challenging numbers. I think we're at 30 percent of Americans right now still say that they don't want to be vaccinated. So if we sort of do not approach this, what happens? So I'll quote The New York Times, which wrote that. With the unexpected rise of variants and some vaccine hesitancy, the virus will, quote, most likely become a manageable threat that will continue to circulate in the United States for years to come, still causing hospitalizations and death, but in much smaller numbers. Yeah, cool. I remember. I remember. <laughs> I actually remember in the beginning of the pandemic, people saying that it would pro- that would happen. Right. Um, and I think that that is more a function of like. A, poor public health communication from the beginning, the fact that the pandemic is so politicized and mm-hmm. the like rampant misinformation online, which definitely contributes to people's decisions. Like I still have even just this weekend saw like a fucking mainstream influencer comment on like her concerns about like vaccines and fertility. And it's like, why would you even suggest oh, that? No. Like you're supposed to be like um I don't an influencer, know. Yeah. a good influence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so there's that. And then just yeah. like the fact that like you would need basically 100% compliance to get 90% exactly. vaccination because there will be people who can't get vaccinated or like mm-hmm. random small percentages. So, yeah. We are going to be facing like the repercussion, like as long as like right now we forget about Trump, like obviously we don't forget about him, but like he's not at the forefront of our mind, but we are gonna be facing the repercussions of this fucking asshole for years, for decades even. But in this in this case, years, he secretly gets the vaccine while discouraging people not to get it. It's insane. Yeah. And if if this asshole had just released a picture of he him and could, Melania, and he's not. he still could. If him right. and Melania just re- released those fucking photos, someone on their team, please just get those photos out there. Like then people might get might get their vaccine and like save lives. But he is just and like you see, you saw that Ivanka did it. She posted an Instagram picture and the comments are just tearing her apart. Wow. And it's like just because we had this stupid asshole and these asshole Republican politicians like going along with it. Now we will be dealing with this fucking disease for years because of these motherfuckers it just just if you think about it it makes you can just get so angry also there's the factor of the globalness of it yes because all these other countries are not a their maybe their vaccine rollouts are not as good or they are not happening at all and i've read that like i've read people who've said that the world might not be fully vaccinated until Mm -hmm. 2023 yeah so you're then allowing like mass spread of new variants and all you need is one variant that doesn't respond to the vaccine not that like i want to scare people but Mm -hmm. it's it's just and normally i I, you know i don't want to say normally but like and in the past i feel like you would have had the united states acting as like an aid to that Mm -hmm. but everything has just sort of like transformed in the past two or two to four years that that is no longer like the structure 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's strange that like, even if we are being really, and we're working, I'm working on getting someone on the show who can talk authoritatively about the patent situation and why we can't get these vaccines to other countries that are suffering when we have like, like you said, it's like, we're maxing out all the people that want this vaccine. <laughs> like I was talking to somebody, somebody about this this morning, but it's like, it's a lot of it's in like the yoga community, like the yoga wellness community. And it's like, um, you know who invented yoga? They invented yoga in India. And I would fucking sure guess that they would love your dose right now. And like mm-hmm. you're here doing your like Instagram lives while showing yoga poses, talking oh about God. why you're worried that the vaccine's going to hurt your fertility. It's like it's garbage. It's so crazy that like this started with a, the vaccine reluctance originally was supposed to be among marginalized communities that had been legitimately harmed by the medical community. Mm-hmm. But they came around and it's these people that just like read on reddit that they might have 5g put in their brain <laughs> oh my gosh it's not even like the it's it's but you're right it's not pockets. that you're right here's the thing is there's different i would love di- 5g in my totally brain <laughs> 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 to be productive there's so many different pockets so of anti-vax communities and yes there are like the, there's the wellness i mean that's the one that like for me is most interesting because like it's the one I would be like technically closest to demographically is that like wellness mm-hmm. um I want to call it like tinfoil hat crackpot belief system <laughs> like, which is based yeah. on the idea that like women's largely women's health has been like ignored and underprioritized True. but they're using that they're extrapolating that to the pandemic in a way that is very But dangerous. it's also the women who are bringing that up are not are the women who were able to get the best health care even in the broken system. Like, they're just choosing to reject it. Right? I, it's also, like, I just don't understand, like, how, where this, like, whole deep conversation came from. It started as, like, a fringe thing with, like, Jenny McCarthy and, like, talking shit about vaccines. I think it's all and, her like, fault. <laughs> And it's like really her and Jim Carrey, but um, <laughs> it started with it started with people thinking that vaccines cause yeah. autism. That's where it like really began. But also, like, do you, I you guys know what I'm talking about? Like when we when we all had to go to college, we had to get immunization cards, and it was just like the thing. Like you had to do it if you wanted to go to school. No one was like, this is affecting my rights. This right. is a violation of me as a human. It's like. So at what point? I know, I was it, like, great, thank God you told me what meningitis is. I had no idea. I know, I know. It's <laughs> right. like you, and now it's like, and now like you, you pretty much have to get like the um the hep or not the hep, the um HPV HPV vaccine because you don't get cancer. It's like great, um, but so why is it? But I forget where I was going with this. Yeah. But basically, it doesn't make any sense that people wouldn't have an issue with that before, and now they have an issue with this. It's. Well, it's just like there are so many risks in the world that like anytime you interact with any sort of modern objects, like even furniture has like Uh coatings of poisonous shit on it sometimes. Like it is the nature of interacting with like the world that is not like biochemically safe necessarily 100%. You look at the ingredients like there you can you're going to heart you're going to you're going to be putting yourself in harm's way in some some way just by living in the modern world researchers called it i was doing out this morning it's like a novelty bias which is that if something is new you can't get over its potential risk even how no matter how tiny it is even when you try to compare it to a car crash because it's like it's like like i i am a little bit scared of 
I'm actually really scared of driving in cars, but I was going to say I'm a little bit scared of being on a plane, but that's less rational than being scared of going in a car. It's just because these things that we can't wrap our heads around tend to be difficult for us to like look at rationally. Yeah. And it's yes. like, at what point, at what point do they have to start treating the, 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 the coronavirus vaccine vaccinations like we did with the immunization cards to go to college? Like you would not be able to attend your university had you not gotten that meningitis shot or, or, or unless you had some pre-existing condition where it made you unable to get it. Mm-hmm. So at what point do like private corporations and universities um, and places like that put that sort of, you know, guidelines in there? Like, unless you are medically incapable of getting the coronavirus vaccine, you cannot be a part of this. Like, yeah. And then it's going to become a question of like, uh, I bet you they turn it into some religious liberty argument. That's what it's I was like, going to say. Ultimately I was almost worried about it over. <laughs> they're going to grab onto this as because they have nothing. And then our next topic is the anti-trans bills because they're just sort of walking out. But I think I do have a mild hope that as reopening becomes more of a reality and we do have more opportunities to like travel that vac- unvaccinated people will find things that they want to do that require them to be vaccinated. They'll want to go on like some yoga retreat abroad that will require them to be vaccinated. And it's like, we've said this on the podcast before that, as we've just said, people don't have good reasons for not getting vaccinated. Some do, of course, but, but the majority that are reluctant right now, they don't have good reasons. So you just have to give them a better reason. Like I'm not actually sure how effective the West Virginia program right now is, but I think it's a very good idea to just give people a hundred dollars because that's enough. Like they just have some, they don't feel like getting the vaccine or they just didn't bother looking into a headline, but you offer them money. And then suddenly that's a good enough reason to get it. Also, it is a good, it is a good reason because you know, there's hourly workers who may have to lose some time to go get their vaccine. It's like, here, we'll pick, we'll take up that We'll, we'll help you with there a little bit. Yeah, I th- I'm also hopeful that a huge chunk of it is hopefully people that we can now go to where they are and vaccinate mm-hmm. them. Yeah. I'm hopeful that people uh, would be more incentivized by the Krispy Kremes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. 
You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. So for our next topics today, we're going to discuss some more of the anti-trans legislation circulating. 33 state legislatures have introduced sports bans this year. It's May. 33. There are only 50 states. That's insane. The fundamental question of whether schools have a right to ban trans athletes from participating in sports that align with their gender identity will be argued before a U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals today regarding this Idaho law. So this landmark case stamps from the Idaho law passed last year. It was the nation's first transgender sports ban. The law has not gone into effect. It was blocked by a U.S. District Court judge who said it was unconstitutional. This judge, I think their name's Judge Nye, um, they're great. They just ripped this thing apart and have found so many things wrong with it that I hope are reconsidered today. But it's called Idaho's Fairness in Women's Sports Act. It was signed into law last year. It would categorically prohibit transgender women and girls specifically from kindergarten through college from competing on teams that do align with their gender identity. This would also include intramural and club teams, which is... I don't know why that seems extra crazy to me because it's like you pay to do those. Your parents pay to pay to do those. I mean, it shouldn't be okay for public schools, but the, I don't know. It's like, don't Republicans say that corporations are people too? I don't know. So this would also involve what a lot of these state level laws do, which is sex verification, which is obviously an incredibly invasive thing to do to a child. Very traumatizing. Regardless number, of regar- gender. Exactly. Regardless. It's like we all, ha- I don't know how many days go by where we don't talk about how sexual trauma has impacted people's lives. So yeah. I don't really know why we would inflict that upon them. But yeah. a number of track athletes at Idaho colleges are joining conservative Christian groups in supporting this law. They're mad that transgender athletes beat them. But an interesting part about this is a lot of the ones that are signing on who say that they were beat by transgender women athletes. They weren't in second place. They weren't in third place. They didn't almost win. They were at the bottom of of the (laughs) pact, which consider that for whatever you want. Opponents say allowing transgender women specifically to participate in women's sports violates Title IX and that it's an affront to women's equality. Title IX protects, uh, prevents gender discrimination in education. There's actually no evidence that transgender athletes outperform athletes whose assigned sex at birth aligns with their gender identity. The last time we talked about this, I think we were just sort of flippantly like, it's just sports. And a listener got very angry. One listener? I, I mean, maybe several, but one I wrote, was going to do that again. I was <laughs> well, going to go, go into that, that in again. There. But also the thing is, is like that just because we personally, I don't think that's, I think that's fine. I, I, nobody is, nobody is undermining the impact that sports have on young people's lives by saying totally. that. The point is, well, I think I here's here's kind of what I think is the real problem. 
playing sports, the lesson in that is not like the utter competition. Like I think, at least, is like not the the point is not to like actually the winning. The point is like coping with losing or or winning graciously. Sportsmanship. Sportsmanship. Playing games. Yes. Discipline. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. All those things. And the idea of like being outside and being active and being like you learn how to be social. Like these people are looking to these sports for the wrong thing. And mm-hmm. I think they need to put into perspective what the real purpose of these things are for children. Mm-hmm. And like if you if, if you lose to someone because they are tra- they are transgender, then that's part of the game. That's the lesson yeah. you learned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's right. Exactly. I think you just counteracted a lot of points that that particular person were making. It's like, exactly. That's why transgender athletes should be, should have a right to all of those experiences as well, especially in club. I don't even want to, I feel bad stressing this distinction, but it's just so crazy. No, that it's important. like club teams. You can't do club teams either. It's like, you have enough. I thought that you wanted the government out of everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that's what's yeah. interesting. It's like they, they are, they are talking about, Republicans are talking about, you know, this American families plan, like the, from the Biden administration, like government is trying to get into our lives. Like, well, they're trying to make it better. And you are trying to do the same thing, but just about trans athletes in fucking sports. Like, mm-hmm. I don't like like one, like they're not that different, but they very much are. Like they've managed um, to find the least important pocket of society to Well, that is the thing. It is it, just, is you know, a continuation of attacking the most vulnerable in our communities. And, you know, Stephanie Rule had like a viral clip about this this yeah. weekend when she was interviewing the governor of West Virginia. She was like listing off all of these stats, like how West Virginia is like almost last in like education and all yeah. of these things. And she's like, you can't, can you give me one example, one example of a trans athlete in West Virginia who had an unfair advantage and he can't do it because it does not exist. And so it is literally just, it is not about whether sports are important or not. It's whether about, is this legislation really that important right now compared to every single thing that is going on in your communities? No, it is not. It is literally the bottom, one of the bottom of the list. Yeah. If we were to place, but also like if we had to place a value judgment on the particular experience or occasion before deciding whether or not it's like worth being equitable, that's not the point. Like it doesn't actually matter how important sports are. I also think it's like, if Title IX weren't a thing, would Republicans care? They only use Title IX and gender equality want, when sure it comes they didn't to want things Title like IX either. No, when it comes to <laughs> things like sexual assault legislation, where they try to manipulate it, like they only are going after it in college athletics or because they have Title IX to look to, because they can say, "Oh, this violates a woman's right." But it just seems that then that comes down to the fundamental question of like, and I. I don't think this is a question, but like, is a transgender woman a woman? Like, we already answered that question. Yes. What about her rights? What about her rights? Like, her right is to be on the team. There's also this assumption that, like, every transgender person is, like, the same in every category. Mm -hmm. So, like, every person who transitions to their identity as a woman is therefore going to automatically be better at sports. Like, that is not... That makes no sense. Like, you can have a cisgender woman who's just like her her athletic ability is just like so much higher than the average person her age or she has an intersex she's intersex 
and she has an extra Y chromosome, which which heightens her testosterone levels. So like, that's what, that's what the other issue is, is like, I I feel like I brought this up before, but basically these laws make it so that there is one or two genders, which there Mm -hmm. is not. And so it just basically excludes a whole demographic of people who are intersex or non-binary. And it's like, so now we bring up all these other questions. Like, so what do we like? It's like, well, I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not trans. I'm non-binary. So I'm competing. Like, it's just like, it, I, it just doesn't just get out of it. Leave it alone. Yeah. I mean, also the point that you made that just because a person um, decides to live their authentic gender and that involves a transition doesn't mean they're suddenly going to be amazing at sports. And in another example, which we'll talk about after the break, is that you can be a person who excels at sports and wins first place in your assigned gender and then decide to change it, Uh, which also (laughs) makes, I think, a point. So Caitlyn Jenner, an athlete who is also transgender, has added her very helpful opinion to this discourse this week. Um, I found her statement is triggering. I think if you are transgender or you have a close family member who is, I found her phrasing just pretty terrible. She gave an exclusive statement to a noted political publication, TMZ. And about the the question, I guess, of transgender women in sports, she called a question of fairness. That's why I oppose biological boys who are trans competing in girls' sports and schools. It just isn't fair. We have to protect girls' sports in our schools. She's one of the most high-profile transgender Americans, and she's a former Olympic gold medal-winning decathlete. Oh, this is just torture to read because they're going to eat it up. I mean, this phrasing is atrocious. Falling. It's you like, and the fact that she, a transgender woman, is saying this is just even more such probably a slap in the face. It's these are the these are the kind of talking points that they have to fight against that lead to violence. You know, like yeah, it's like, biological like, like, boys. Like, yeah, that's, that's the shit that gets people beat up. Yeah, Did totally. She suffered. Killed. Like she spoke about how Killed. she suffered. F- all those years from feeling like she was not her assigned gender. And it's like, you can't have any degree of empathy for these people that maybe like the pain you felt, they also feel, and then they don't have the advantages you have. Like, Mm -hmm. I just don't understand the complete lack of empathy on her part. Yeah. She also did not come out until so late in life, which means she knows and, and she had every privilege and she knows it was very, very hard. So the fact that she would indulge the, the this this suspicion on the right, which I think is largely what motivates this, that like teenagers will be will decide to, quote, become transgender in order to excel at sports like she knows that's not real. And that's mm-hmm. the only justification that these people have. It's also insane because like you're acting like people can just afford to transition for fun. Like it's ridiculous as a child. Yeah. Like that is just, it's, it's wild and to it's, me that she would express that opinion, but cause she was able to, me. cause she, I, I can't even imagine how much money she spent on her transition. She was able to get every single thing under the sun that she wanted to right. become the woman that she, that the woman that she want, felt like she was today, that felt that she feels like she is today. And she is, Completely. I feel like a 10 inside. I can't yeah. pay for it. <laughs> and she's completely just like, you know, 
she so she just is like shitting on all so many people's experiences when she says yeah. stuff like this. It's just... one final really heartbreaking thing on that that I was reading is that there was um, a young triathlete, athlete, a transgender girl who was saying like she sort of is like taking testosterone at a higher clip than she ordinarily would want to or is really comfortable or is even advisable just so that she's able to do that and causing herself discomfort and potential health problems just so that she can like also have a right to participate in a sport which could provide opportunities for her like Mm -hmm. that seems not healthy to like to to calibrate your hormones because of like fucking republican bullshit like talking but save save the children right save the children right save the children save the children that is our show until the end of democracy i'm amanda duberman i'm brian russell smith I'm Sammy Sage. And this is the Betches Sub Podcast. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to SUPPod at Betches.com. Betches.